my number one thing that people should do over the winter months in preparation of selling that will increase 100% increase the value of your home and the likeliness of it selling. What's up, everybody? This is KT Confidential, episode 107, the Real Estate Podcast. I'm Adrian. This is Ariel sitting across from me. We're having Welcome. a bit of a a bit of an argument this morning. This is uh, well, intro I, number see, two. I feel like our audience listens to this podcast in in their car a lot. Like a lot of people on their drive will will listen to the, <laughs> what. Why are you laughing at that? Nothing. I don't disagree. I'm sure people listen to it in their car. And, you know, with today's vehicles, the audio systems in a lot of vehicles are quite good and they have some low end and good mid range uh, base, especially. And you just have to be very um, cognizant. totally cut out there so it, it just cut you off it, really? uh, it it you have to be cognizant of the fact that you when you're driving you don't really want to be adjusting your volume if you're listening to a podcast so it should be consistent and uh well that's pleasure, that's our, that's our to listen that, to no no that's our editor's responsibility is to maintain that consistent volume we don't have to worry about that when we're recording right well I think there has to be some some level of uh, awareness to it. Anyways, so to hop into let's get, it, let's get right into it. Uh, KT Confidential episode one hundred and seven. If you are listening on a uh, somewhere where you're streaming this podcast, make sure that you uh, subscribe so you get notifications of all if the you're new podcasts. Streaming this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did that and, make sense? And, you know, and well, if, if you're, you're as opposed you're to watching right now. You could be watching. You could be watching it on YouTube. You could have went to katieconfidential.ca and actually watched the podcast. That's true. See, those people are not in the car, I hope. Could be. They're they're sitting at home in bed. What if they're the passenger in the car? Could be the passenger. True. True. Anyways, one of the things we like to talk about here is... Could be on the train. Yeah, sure. All right. Are go trains limited to how many people can can For ride sure. right now? I would. I mean, I have no idea. I would assume so. Everything is. Hmm. Interesting. Never really I mean, thought about that. Yeah. Because traffic it, on the highways seem to be lower than what they were pre-COVID. I don't know. I mean, people working from home and stuff yeah, like that. But nobody's going into the city. Well, not nobody. Few. Less. Fewer than before. So today we are talking about selling in the spring. What can you do? What can you do in the winter to get ready to sell in the spring? First of all, before we even talk about it, the key is to actually do something in the winter to get ready for the spring. Because a lot of the time we have people call us in February and say, I want to list my house. And they have a long list of those things to do to the house in order to get it ready. And then they miss that window of opportunity. Uh, Like I find February is often a very interesting time because there's a lot of buyers going to the spring market or spring inventory, but a lot of people miss that window because they're not ready to list. So let's talk about how they can prepare over the winter well, to that, increase the value. Before we get into that, that, that brings up a good point. Like 
actually, did you know we already have a dozen transactions lined up for the first quarter of 2021? Do I I know? Yeah, you don't keep track of those things. So let me just tell you. No, I'm one of the owners. Of course I know. In fact, I I booked a listing for May two years ago. I had the first one. And in 2019, I scheduled a listing for May 2021. Paperwork signed and everything. So the best process for anybody that knows that, well, for most of most people, that'll be for new homes, right? Like they, they purchased a new home. They know it's closing. Check your, um, check your microphone plug for a second. This keeps, I, I don't know if it's you or me, but you keep cutting out. Everything's connected fine on my end. Strange. Hopefully your recording's better than my receiving end. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Continue. Anyway, so best practice, if you know you got to sell your home, regardless of when it is, get in contact with a realtor or your realtor um and get i can't hear anything anymore something's up i don't know if people can hear ariel is it just me is it everybody well they won't find out i switched i switched to my headphone mic can you hear me now okay i hear you perfectly now okay so i don't know what's going on with our road mic but probably a cable thing anywho so you know, best process, if you know that you're going to have to sell your home, just just get in contact with the realtor so you can plan, you know, part of our process on our team is we do have a designer that's going to go in and, and provide a full consultation as to things you need to do to prepare the home for sale. And it also allows the realtor and the designer to have a conversation as to who are we marketing the property to? Like what demographic is it going to appeal to? How do we want the home to look right now? As an example, I got off the phone before we were filming here and um, I've got a property coming on the market in February, March. It's got a finished basement. The room in the basement is not a legal bedroom, but there is bedroom furniture in there. And um, I had the discussion with the seller. We don't really want to highlight it as a bedroom because it's clearly not a bedroom. And we're going to stage it as an office. Um, We've been doing that a lot with with a lot of our properties right now. You had one in, uh, I can't remember if it was Georgetown or Brampton, where there was a second or a mid-floor family room, and you made some um, uh, virtual office areas. Uh, well, that's for- where their kids happen to be going to virtual school, and that's a big thing now. So people are looking. That's one of the reasons people are moving, because they're looking for space to accommodate working from home and school at home. And, you know, I don't think even post-COVID, once, like, if there's um, or when there's a vaccine and this all kind of starts to go back to normal, uh, which hopefully is sooner than later, but I don't think it's going to change as much as people might think, right? Like, if you think about what you can learn online right now, like, you can go and take college courses online, you know, like realtors we have to do continuing education which is all done online um but you you have 
you know, the, the online world of learning is, is vast. And I think this is teaching people to, to dig in a bit more into that virtual learning kind of mentality. So, so I think people going forward, even if you go back to school and you go back to your office, you go back to work or whatever, once it's, you know, going back to quote unquote normal, I think there is going to be that need and desire to have more at home office spaces and to give people that flexibility. So, um, so things like that are, they're important to know in advance because if you do have to sell, let's say in March, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to want to sell in the springtime. And, um, if, if you make the call a week or two, like I've had calls from people and I know you have too, where they, they want to, put the home on the market that week. Like they call on a Monday and they're like, we want to be on the market for the weekend. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you could, but (laughs) that's not going to maximize the value of your home in any way, shape or form. So um, we are getting these questions a lot now. So that's why we put it up as a topic for discussion in today's podcast. And we've been getting a lot of uh, uh, questions about, um, properties coming on the market, want to sell my home. Is it now a good time? Can, should we wait for the spring? Yada, 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 yada. But keeping in mind that now we're going into the colder weather and people are staying at home, people are quarantining, people are not going into the office, people are learning from home, virtual schooling, all that stuff. You're going to spend a lot of indoor time this winter. So, what can you do around your home during the winter or during the next month or two or three that will improve its value? Right. I think one of the biggest things that people can do and that I, I don't think a lot of people do and they don't, or a lot of people don't think of, like if you were to ask the average person, what can I do to increase the value of my home? And we've talked about stuff like this. There's certain things that rarely come up. Things like, <laughs> I've lost Ariel. He's just, for some reason, walked off screen. I don't know if he's listening. I didn't, I didn't walk Thanks. off. I just got to get something. Okay. But I think one of the most effective, aside from the obvious, I mean, if it needs to be painted, painted, you know, all that stuff, obviously. But aside from the obvious, there are certain things that hit people's hot buttons. There's certain hot buttons to target with certain demographics. Some, some techie people will fall in love with tech gadgets. Um, you, another big thing is accent pieces like a barn door in a particular area that becomes a focal point or um, um, a wall, a feature wall that's... Okay, so let's, let's, let's not just go all over the map here. Let's give some specifics. I like that one. Like that is... And maybe you brought it up because you're into woodworking at the moment and bought yourself some woodworking tools, but that's a good one. Like I have a client who um, she's very, very much in into house trends, like home trends, like what's what's trending in decor, right. and in terms of easy things to do, like the DIY stuff, right? Like. It's not that hard to do a very simple, um, I don't want to call it wainscoting, but um, wall trim, like different types of wall trim are very much on trend. 
especially if they're they're painted in a trendy color and maybe you have the trim and the wall painted the same color and it's a feature wall. Uh, there's a lot of people doing that kind of stuff right now. Or the uh, the barn board is 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 still popular. Well, there was a, um, a house we sold recently on Chilver Heights, um, and they had done, and it was very very basic. They got laminate sheets of basic laminate flooring, and they nailed it to the wall in the little breakfast area of the kitchen. And they did it themselves. Like the when you look closely, the nails are visible. They're just tiny little brad nails. I imagine they glued and nailed it to the wall, and it looked great. You know, when you look closely, I, I looks- will caution. I will caution that though, because I have seen that done where it looks like shit. Yeah, no, for like sure. It's the wrong, to- the wrong type of uh, flooring, the wrong type of laminate, whatever, and not installed nicely. So, so it can have the inverse effect, right? Like it can, it can anything actually can. Anything, anything can. can. And that's why we're big advocates of being, you know, like genuinely evaluating your ability. We had Jeff Mack, uh, Jeff Mack Designs, come and install. No, Ray did that. He provided the wood. That was Ray Vise that installed it. Ray Ray Vise installed it. But, um, you know, it it, it looks nice, trimmed out the windows and and all that. And you got to have the right type of wood too right like you don't, well, you don't want to really though that's my point my point is you don't have to go overboard like that was a i don't know how much that was a few thousand dollar wall but people can you know if you want to do things on a budget that's all but it's also a hundred year old no i know i know wood. i know i'm but my point is if people want to do things over the winter and but there are ways to do them without breaking the bank okay so number one is some DIY stuff around the house, like some woodworking, right? Like you can go on to Pinterest and you can go on to our Pinterest page and find tons of ideas of simple things, like even just getting, um, you know, little, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, doorstop, you know, um, and, and framing something out on a, on a wall and putting a cool piece of art or even painting your own artwork in that kind of frame that you make, like cost you a few bucks. So things like that. So you can have a look at Pinterest, uh, find some DIY stuff that looks good if you need, and you, you should get an opinion from your realtor as to whether or not this is a bad idea because, you know, if you put the wrong thing in the wrong place, um, could be a bad idea too. Well, on that note, like I'm going to a client's house on Monday and one of the, he wants me to come because he has a few, they're, they're kind of just starting to look for a property and he had a few projects that he wanted to work on to get their house ready. But, you know, he was smart enough to say, Hey, can you come by and look at these things I'm contemplating doing to help me decide if it's worth doing? And it's well, so true. How many times, because uh, for those of you that listen and have followed us for years, you'll know that we are huge, huge advocates on upgrading your lighting, as an example. Right. And that's something that's easy to do over the winter, right? Like you got to give yourself projects. You got to keep busy. So when you have an extra hour or two or a day on a on a weekend or whatever, you you get things done slowly but surely. And upgrading your lighting is one of those things. But how many times have we had clients that 
kind of went off the rail on their own by, okay, well, I got to upgrade the lighting. I watched Adrian and Ariel's podcast or uh, watched one of their quick tip videos and yep, upgrading the lighting is a good idea. And they go buy lighting, they install it and, and they say, Hey, we upgraded the lighting and they send us a picture and we're like, um, maybe you shouldn't have chosen that. Um, happens all the time, right? Yeah. Well, I think in a lot of people, and I hear this, I hear this so, so often from many different peoples from different perspectives, but um, people say, oh, they don't want to waste their the agent's time. You know, from, I get other people's clients calling me for questions because they don't want to waste right. their agent's time right. to our own clients not calling us well in advance and asking our opinion for things because they don't want to waste their time because they're just casually doing things or contemplating, but not 100% sold on the idea of moving. Um, anyway, we've, even had, we've, we've even had people call us that are represented by other agent yeah. agents asking if we would stage the property. What do you mean? I've got an agent, yeah. but they don't provide staging. Can you oh. guys... Can, do you provide stage? That's too yeah. funny. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. Um, okay. So one of my things for people to do is. You know, another to, thing I found funny is I, I, I read a blog from some, another realtor recently, and he was talking about how important staging was. And at the end of it, he's like, this is why I include a staging consultation for free. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it was so generous of you. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that uh, are listening and are the average consumer and don't really know the process and and whatnot, um, stagers do a consultation. Uh, it's it's there's a few purposes behind it, but one of them is so you have a plan to work from, um, and then the realtor. Um, has a plan to work from. So, you know, it's kind of a triangle effect. You got to have a plan, the stager has a plan and the realtor has a plan. And uh, that consultation uh, usually is a couple of hundred bucks. Most, most stagers will charge 150 to $300 is kind of the range. So call it two to 250. And, uh, and then there's the cost of staging on top of that. And, Irrespective of the fact if you have a stager on your team or you do it in-house or you're outsourcing it, it's still the same thing because you got to pay somebody to go and do the consultation. You got to pay somebody to go and stage. You got to have the furniture. You got to pay for that. You got to rent space. So there's still costs associated to it. Um, and over the last, I would say over the last 10 years, staging has become more prominent and more important. Um, and more yeah, frequent. Point, sometimes if you do stage, they waive the consultation fee. So if someone's providing a consultation and then the, the homeowner pays for staging, they may not even have a cost. Right. So, so what happens oftentimes is um, a realtor might offer a free home staging consultation, but the staging isn't included. Um, so then you got to pay extra to have it staged. Um, so that's what Adrian's speaking of. But okay, now let me get to my my number one thing that people should do over the winter months in preparation of selling that will increase 
100% increase the value of your home and the likeliness of it selling. Repaint your trim throughout the entire house. Very easy to do. You got to get the right paint, though. Don't fuck that up. Get the right paint. Trim paint. I don't know if I honestly, I think a lot of people are not qualified to do it. It's not that hard, Adrian. There's a lot of YouTube videos that'll teach you how to do it. How to have a steady hand? Uh-uh. That takes practice. So I, no, I don't... That's, I that's do what a... painter's tape is for, okay? <laughs> okay. So I, I had a little asterisk uh, with this one just saying be very... Take your time. <laughs> I agree. It's very important. You, you have to have the right paintbrush. Yeah. You have to have the right paint. Watch a couple of YouTube videos. Maybe practice in rooms where the practice trim, behind the doors, all the doors, the, the trim where the trim is hidden. So like maybe behind where the sofa might be or a wall unit or a bed or something and practice a little bit. It's not that hard. Pe- people can do it. Um, and I think you have too much faith in people. I, I do. I have confidence that people can paint you know their own. Trim. You know, what's interesting with the trim is that it's something when it's done and it's nice, it's often overlooked. Like, it's not like, wow, look at this nicely painted trim. But when it's not, it's a big deal. When it's not, it ages your home. So whether your home is two years old or 10 years old or 20 years old, if somebody walks in and they're looking at scuffed up baseboards or, um, you know, your window casings that are all um, whatever, scuffed and chipped and, and, you know, things happen over the years, especially if you have kids. Like I look at the condition of our house now in the last four years since we had the kids and man, you know, the, the, the paint and the wainscoting and the trim, it's all mucked up. Um, so you go and you, you freshen it up. You fresh, you got to freshen up your baseboards and your trim work. Yes. I agree. That's my, that's my number one. That is absolutely my number one. Cause if it looks fresh, um, it can actually make the paint on the walls also look fresher, right? Because now you got this crisp white, uh, trim and for the love of God, don't paint any of the trim baseboards or the casings around the windows and doors. Do not paint it the same color of the wall, unless it's a feature wall. There's, there's ways to do it, but the average person shouldn't bother. And it's not necessary. I mean, unless you have really good keen eye for design or you've got someone telling you what to do. Yes. Keep it white, average home, average, you know, whatever, keep it white. If you're painting the walls, don't paint that little four inch spot at the ceiling where it's smooth before you get to the stucco. I hate when people do that. And then to fix it, you have to paint the whole ceiling. Yeah, it looks. It doesn't look very good. So, no, it actually um, makes the the ceilings feel lower. It does. You know why people do that though? Is that they've yeah, it's easier. That's, well, no, they 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 realize their hand isn't steady, as you said. Well, that's and what I mean. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they touch the the ceiling with the roller or whatever, and now they're like, oh, we'll just paint in the flat area. Right. That's easy to do because you're not going to see if you hit the stucco a little bit or the popcorn ceiling, whatever. Right. So, so paint, paint the trim, fresh white paint. The other thing, 
that I think is good to do on a regular basis. But certainly, if you're planning on selling in the next few months, is totally do a purge in your kitchen of everything. So you can do it drawer by drawer or cabinet by cabinet or appliance by appliance, but remove everything and give it a deep cleaning. Especially easy to do the fridge in the winter to throw all your stuff outside temporarily. Exactly. Or in the garage. Yeah. Right? Uh, and you do a deep cleaning, like make it sparkle, make it shine, and then get rid of whatever you don't need anymore because everybody's got that stuff in the kitchen, whatever you don't use. Or and pack away whatever you won't be using because the more space that you show you have, the bigger it's going to feel, right? So, if somebody opens up your pot and pan drawers, and all of a sudden, like in my house, there's pans just falling on your feet uh, because they're overflowing, or you've got like 9,000 uh, different containers of Tupperware that are just mishmashed all over the place. This is a good time to purge or pack and just keep it nice and neat and tidy. I think appliances um, is a big one. Like if you have a self-cleaning oven, do it. If your fridge needs a good wash, do it. Because like there was a house recently we were at and it's known, it's now become known as the, the, the house with the smelly fridge because the fridge was just disgusting. You open it up and it stank. And those things can, it's a, amazing what a profound effect, um, any any smell can have whether it's from an appliance or just a questionable musky musty smell from the basement um people will open anything that they are buying yes in the house so they're buying the fridge they're buying the dishwasher they're buying the pantry right so they're gonna open your pantry and if there's soy sauce stains all over and oil residue from your olive oil bottles and uh, cracker crumbs and potatoes that are growing all kinds of ears out of them. Like I've seen all that stuff and it's not yeah. uncommon. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, that turns people off. People want to buy a home, especially now, especially during this whole COVID process People want to buy a home that they feel is very sanitary. Yes. And if all of a sudden your toilets look like crap and I'm going to get to my third biggest thing, but you know, clean, do that deep clean. So the first place to start is your kitchen, empty outdoors, drawers, cabinets, all of your appliances, do a deep, deep clean. And you don't have to do it all in one day, right? Like, I, I've been doing it over the course of the last couple of months and I'm doing one drawer at a time. So yeah, it's only one drawer a week probably or every two weeks, but it's getting done slowly but surely, right? It makes, makes you feel better too. Um, on to number three, your grout and your caulking in your bathrooms. Yes. If your home is more than... I want to say three or four years old, like if it's five plus years old and the caulking is original and you haven't sealed the grout, especially if you haven't sealed and most people do not from when they get the house, uh, whether you buy a resale or a brand new home, um, very few people will spend the time to do that. 
spend the time cleaning your grout in the showers. Any, anything that's tiled, really, any tiles. So not just bathrooms. It could be your foyer, too, um, or anywhere where tile is laid, and especially if the grout color is a lighter color. There are some fantastic products that you can get. Like I know the Tile Depot, uh, they, they do offer a number of different really, really quality uh, grout cleaners. Uh, there's a company that we use uh, based out of Oakville. We use them very often that they'll actually come and steam and and renew the grout. They'll even... Yeah, the, yeah, the house we sold on uh, Duar Court back in February, they came in and they redid all the grout in the entire house. So there was a big tiled foyer, uh, tiled kitchen, all the bathrooms, um, showers, uh, surrounds on the big tubs. They did everything. And it, I think it was like $1,300. And they, it looked, and, oh, and they polished all the tile. And it looked like brand new tile and brand new grout. And in some cases, it was brand new grout. So they take, they shave it down, put new grout in, and clean it up. And it was unbelievable. Yeah, it looked really good. Now, you might not have to go to that extent, though, because a lot of people, they A, maybe don't have or don't want to spend that money. That's fine. Although I do think that's a good investment, but you know, we're talking about what can you do over the months yourself in the winter. And that's one of those projects that you can do. Um, you know, you have to get the right cleaning products though. You have to get ones that's specific for grout. You might need a, a scrub brush to really give it a good scrub. Um, but that's going to help. That's going to help tremendously. And then you'd, Remove the caulking anywhere where there is caulking wave, like if it's in the shower, if it's around the sink, um, if it's at the edge of the counter where the counter meets the wall, um, if it hasn't been replaced, it's likely looking outdated and it's looking weathered or it is weathered and not even doing its job anymore. So, so those are my three things uh, that, I think people should do in the winter that will improve the value of your home. And I'm not talking about things that are improving you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And it might not even be a return on your investment that is noticeable, but from a realtor's experience and knowledge, from my experience and knowledge, um, those are things that are going to help encourage somebody to buy your home and potentially help encourage multiple offers, which in turn will drive the price up. So, so you can't immediately um, put a dollar value on those things, but I guarantee you, if, if you do them, you're going to get a better result in your sale. For sure. I agree. I think also just a deep clean. Like generally in throughout the whole house. Yeah. Because a lot, I think, you know, a lot of people are busy, life keeps you hectic and you don't get time to clean regularly and it goes a long way, long, well, long way. You know, uh, dusting things like the tops of the, um, uh, your switch plates. Yeah. Like dust we always sits the, the other day and it wasn't that old. And actually it was maybe 10 years old, but they had, we were looking at things like that and the switch plates and the thermostat, they were filthy, filthy, dirty. Like nobody had ever, ever cleaned them off. And yeah. uh, it just stood out as a focal point. 
from a buyer's perspective? You know, um, the easy answer there is, and maybe you don't want to do it now during what's happening with COVID, but you hire a cleaning company for a couple of months in a row, right? Bring them in every week for a couple of months. And I guarantee you in those two months period, they're going to get areas that you wouldn't have attended to otherwise. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, you're saving yourself from having to clean the house and, um, and you get those attention to details, things like the, uh, the grates of the um, air returns, like the vents, um, the ceiling fans, the uh, exhaust fans in the bathrooms. Um, those are areas that most people don't clean on a regular basis, yeah. but are super important to have them sparkling clean uh, when you're selling the property. Do you have any little annoyances at home that are just lingering jobs that would fix them? Uh, that you never get around to doing, but would if you were selling? So for me, it's my front door. Uh, we, we painted the front door three years ago or had it painted. So when I had the whole, I had the whole house painted from top to bottom when we finished the basement. So when the basement right. was finished, uh, we hired the painter and said, okay, paint the entire house. The only thing that we did not have them paint was the baseboards and casings on the second floor, the bedroom floor, because they were in fantastic shape. Um, but we did the whole main floor. We did the whole basement and top to bottom. Um, so we decided to paint the exterior of the front door and all of the uh, trim work around it. So my door has the side light. So you have a uh, window on the side of the door and it also has the uh, transom window on top of the door. And we had it all painted in kind of a charcoal gray uh, color. I think it turned out pretty good. I don't know what if you like it or not, but um, the uh, it's nice. the The bad part of that is when it chips or gets scuffed or oh, scratched, yeah. it's very noticeable. And over the last year or two, as the kids are, you know, mobile now, they're walking, they're running, they're throwing things and all that. Plus, you know, you get the uh, Amazon delivery guy that just decides, oh, this is just an envelope package and throws it at your door. Um, or when you have your hands full and you kick the door open and whatnot. So it gets, it, it sees wear and tear. And in the last three years, it's seen some wear and tear. And I was meaning to get to it. In fact, I think on this very podcast, I said that's on my list of things to do before the winter hits. Um, but we ended up spending a little more time at the cottage and a little more time in the backyard. And it's just one of those things I didn't get around to doing. And actually, in my defense, I'm going to save myself here. It's because I didn't want to go to the store to buy the paint. Um, cause I'm trying to limit having to go into because of COVID got it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because of COVID. Um, although I don't even question if they did like a, uh, or do a, uh, curbside pickup or I know, uh, Bergsmas, there are, yeah, there are places would have, so I probably could have sent them the color code, found out the color code and sent it to them. I might just do that, but, 
Um, so I didn't touch up my front door or the trim around it. And it annoys me every single time I come yeah. home. Well, and for sure it would, uh, people are going to notice it. That's an important thing too, if you're selling first impression. Oh, for sure. If, if I was selling, uh, in the not too distant future, uh, I'd have, there's no question I would have to do it. Yeah. So, so for, that, me, for me, it's my one, one of the things I can think of is there's a fan in one of the bathrooms upstairs and it's so noisy and I just never get around to doing it. It drives me crazy. Which it's bathroom is it? The kid's bathroom. So the spare, the second main, the main bath upstairs. Aside from the kids, do you guys use that bathroom or it's just the kids? Not really just the kids. But the, we leave our fans on often just to help keep air circulating because when I when we don't have air circulating, I find there's just a musty smells and stuff like that. So by keeping the air circulating, especially in the wintertime when windows aren't open, it makes a world of difference. So between our furnace running almost constantly and the vents upstairs keeping air moving, it makes a nice, it makes it much nicer inside. And I put up with it. It's so noisy and annoying, but I put up with it because I know it's good for the air quality to keep it moving. But I need to get around to doing that. It's probably, it feels, it sounds like it's loose or something. Like it just needs one screw or even if I need to replace it, they're not overly expensive, but it's just something I never got around to doing. You see, that's, that's probably a two to five minute fix though. Yeah. That that's just pure laziness. Well, no, it it, it may not be. I got to take it down. I got to look at it. I got to determine why is okay, it. Okay, here here's my challenge for you. Okay, do it today. I'm not doing it today. Do- document it on Instagram. I'm why not? not? Do- why I'll not? do it maybe this weekend. Why not now? Because <laughs> I don't want to do it right now. And that's exactly. Why that's why it hasn't exactly. Been done. Yeah. So everybody's got those things around the uh, property that. And and actually, that brings up a fantastic point, Adrian, that everybody knows what's wrong with their home. Yeah. Right. In terms of maintenance, people know, oh, this is, you know, the fan is noisy or that light's been out for months or uh, the carpet has a pull there that I, you know, whatever, whatever it is. People know exactly what maintenance needs to be done around the house. I'm curious what people, what other people are are for not I'm wondering what well, other other people are not getting around to doing. What annoyances are in your house that you just never seem to get around to, but think about it all the time. Comment, let it, let us know. What would be your number two? Um, my number two, I would say, is probably similar to you. Uh, is the front door? We have never we never painted them. And they're, they were never really done good from the factory or from the factory, from the builder. Like they're just, the painting quality is poor. And even right down to the hardware, like the hardware's tarnishing and doesn't look very nice. So oh, it's 10, year, 10 years old now almost. Well, 10 years is a, a key time period because a lot of components at that time are in dire need of repair or replacement. Yeah. So... You know, our roofs are not going to last more than another few years. Oh, I know. I know. I can so. see already a couple of uh, of your shingles starting to lip up. Yeah. I sometimes watch from my, one of my windows in the corner of your house and the, when it's windy out, you see the them all flapping up and down. But I, they've held on well. I think we've, we're very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, for me, I think uh, the the front door has been a, a a big one. But the next thing I wanted to do is it's, it's all revolving around painting, really, uh, because that is what upkeeps the look of the house inside and out, right? Like a yeah. lot of the paint and the trim and and this and that. But I want to paint my garage. I had uh, I had the garage uh, floor completed with the uh, um, not the epoxy, the, the stuff that's better than the epoxy, but whatever, call it an epoxy floor. And um, so the floor looks great and all that, but the walls are all, um, you know, kind of scuffed up and still just the the plaster from, from the, because uh, it was never painted. So you, you see all of the... Um, nail holes and screw holes yeah. and yeah uh, and all that but and we had a leak at one point so that um it's kind of showing from your through. laundry room upstairs yeah yeah okay yeah, it was actually the uh we had two two leaks from the laundry room one was from and i mean nothing too major thankfully uh but anytime you have water leaking into uh drywall uh, it stains Right. So once the uh, the washing machine, because it's a front loading washing machine, um, I don't know whose fault it was. It doesn't really matter. But what had happened was a big load of laundry went into the washing machine. And in the process of loading it, I guess something caught the seal um, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. For the door. That seals the door to the machine. And so that seal came off of the lip, which created a gap. So when the washing machine was running, water was coming out from that gap and onto the floor and under the baseboard and then found its way. Like water will find its way and trickle to wherever the, um, you know, the flow or the path. Uh, so that was leak number one from the laundry room. Leak number two and I finally diagnosed it myself. I had the plumber come back and the, um, uh, I, I won't mention any names, but the, the contractor come back uh, to have a look at it. And uh, what we didn't realize, there was a smell. There was a smell coming from the laundry room, bad smell. And everybody was saying, oh, it's probably the filter uh, in the washing machine that has to be cleaned out or Which whatever. Nobody knows. I don't think many people know about it, let alone do it. Yeah. Who was it that posted? You or Chris, somebody posted about that recently, or both of you did at the same similar times. Yes. Every washing machine has a, some kind of filter somewhere that has to be pulled out and cleaned. And if you don't, it's probably getting all gunked up and stinky. Um, and then I thought, okay, so we had the laundry room totally renovated. Have you seen the laundry room? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. So we had it renovated. You know, we put in a countertop and cabinetry and a pantry and this whole shit. And so all of the plumbing got replumbed uh, to kind of tuck it all away so it's not uh, visible. And I thought maybe there was a issue with the... Uh, the plumbing and the way it was plumbed with um, having uh, what do you call it? The um, oh, my mind is uh, blank today. The Anyways, the P trap, the P trap, right? Yeah. So I thought there was an issue with that, but no, everything checks out. Everything was fine. 
we ran the uh, Afresh tablets and ran one of those clean cycles and all this. Anyway, uh, one day I get home and I notice that there's a leak because I see the stain in the dining room. I'm like, oh shit, what, what the hell happened? Natalie doesn't know. Okay, so run another cycle. I can smell it a little bit. And then I see the level of water in the sink. All of a sudden there's water in the sink going up. I'm like, what the hell? Couldn't figure it out. So I decided, okay, my, uh, on one of my days off, I took all the plumbing out. I took it apart, took all the plumbing out. Well, what did I find? A child's Tylenol, um, children's Tylenol. You know, the liquid Tylenol? The container? The bottle. Yeah, yeah. Was stuck halfway between the sink and the washing machine. Oh, geez. And I, I don't know. The last time we used a bottle of Tylenol was probably a year and a half ago. How on earth would that get in there? So in our sink, there's two um, inserts into the opening of the drain in the sink. Yes. One of them is a basket that's supposed to leave whatever. It shouldn't be going down your drain. It leaves it in the basket and you empty the basket. Right. Somehow that basket wasn't in there. Yeah. Somebody removed it. I think it was our cleaner, actually. Didn't put it back. And because we have the counter, it's a big counter in our laundry room. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're rushing around, you're doing things, you leave things on the counter. Well, I guess somebody knocked it over and it went in the sink and down the drain. And over the last year, year and a half, what was happening is things like hair and just gunk uh, was trapping itself around and on the uh, bottle of Tylenol. And over time, it basically created a blockage. Right. And there you have it. It created a leak. So hmm. how did we get on that story anyway? Anyway, episode 107. Um, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, make sure you subscribe and like and comment. If you're Send streaming. Us- if you're streaming, if you're streaming on this thing called YouTube, oh, it's it's fantastic. You can watch us anytime. Uh, and if you're if if you are uh, listening to the podcast, um, please make sure you subscribe so you get notification of when the next podcast airs every, every Monday, Monday at six a.m. We do broadcast it. Um, send in those comments. We are getting tons of comments coming in coming in which give us the topics for the next podcast so let me know i want to know what little annoyance you have at home little task that you're putting off what is it these things intrigue me i don't know why but i want to know why what how lazy people are and what (laughs) things they refuse to do around the house because i've got a number of them i want to know that i'm not alone maybe that should be uh, the topic of your next blog okay sounds good All right. Thanks for listening, folks. You have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Ciao.